Welcome back to the fundmonitors.com Meet the Manager series. Today I'm joined by Gary Rollo, Portfolio Manager for the Montgomery Small Companies Fund. The Montgomery Small Companies Fund was started in September 2019 and has come through a pretty volatile period, outperforming both the ASX Small Ordinaries and the broader ASX 200 Total Return Index by a reasonably significant amount. Gary, thanks for joining me. Thanks very much for having me. Gary, you're seeking to build a portfolio of high-quality, undervalued and small and emerging companies. With valuations continuing to climb, what do you look for in companies to ensure you're accessing high-quality businesses? Well, look, uh, the key thing for us, particularly in those companies we're relying on to do the heavy lifting in the portfolio, is that these companies have got embedded in their DNA uh, a competitive advantage uh, so that's what we, we do all our work, making sure that they've got. And uh, what we're looking for is companies with competitive advantage. They've earned, they've earned that right to take market share with that competitive advantage. And um, so we focus our time in sectors or verticals where we can see change is um, either happening or about to happen because we know Companies that have that competitive advantage DNA in their portfolio, when there's market share up for grabs because things are changing in the sector, they're very likely to be the ones that, you know, grab that market share. And when you've got a small company, because uh, we only look at small caps, as you mentioned, yeah. with that competitive advantage that's taking that market share, they can grow really quite rapidly. And it's that growth that we're looking to access and harness for investors in the portfolio and as we know, that can be quite a strong value creation driver in smalls. Gary, with JobKeeper coming to an end, what effect do you think this will have on the Australian small cap market? Now, do you think there's any stocks that are really going to benefit? JobKeeper has been a wonderful policy put forward by the federal government to allow um, many uh, folks who, through no fault of their own, as we know, were taken out of the workforce. So. Um, those folks <clears throat> have now largely gone back where those employers have been able to bring them back. And of course, there will be some folks out there who haven't had that good fortune. But what it's done to the economic um, activity in Australia is it's probably inflated retail economic activity. In fact, we can see that in the results that many of these retailers have delivered over the course of that COVID downturn. We can also see that it's actually helped improve the average Australian consumer's balance sheet. So the effect of JobKeeper, everyone's talking about it dropping off and there's going to be a cliff. We can see that perhaps that effect might not be as abrupt as some of the commentators are um, anticipating because the, the personal balance sheet of the Australian consumer has, has never really been in as good shape as it's in now. So that's the first point. Second, is that um, many of the adjustments to, to JobKeeper have, all, have already occurred. And uh, although there are some people out there today who are still receiving those benefits and, and it will come to an end, um, the, the big adjustment has already happened. So in an economic sense, maybe the impact isn't going to be quite so big as what we're thinking. Now, there will be some impact. And I've mentioned the retailers, they've obviously had epic levels of growth. Um, we don't think that's sustainable. And so we've moved 
the money in our portfolio away from sectors like retail that have done disproportionately well when that JobKeeper is in place. Now, JobKeeper is not the only government stimulus package type support level that the federal government and others have put into the economy. So we've taken money out of those retail areas and positioned it into areas that we can see enduring support for. So you've got support for infrastructure build. You've obviously got rising house prices on the back of low um, interest rate framework for a period of time. And so activity in those sectors is super strong and we position capital there to benefit from that. And if you look a bit wider, <clears throat> I know I'm taking a little bit of license here, but there are other areas of government stimulus <clears throat> overseas, for instance, and we can see a significant quantum of government support for the decarbonisation theme, particularly in Europe. And here in Australia, you can play that decarbonisation theme because we've got some of the best resources companies that feed into that electric vehicle supply chain. So although we've got some government support finishing here in Australia, there are plenty of ways to play stimulus or government support domestically still and overseas and particularly in our small cap universe. There was a big run on IPOs in 2020. Uh, do you see this continuing in 2021? And, and what will you be looking for in some of these offerings? I think all small cap fund managers, uh, we, we're very well positioned to see these IPOs because the majority of them happen in our universe. So um, first of all, we, uh, we would say that there's a heap of companies out there queuing up. It's like watching aircraft coming in to land at an airport. There are that many. Now, um, the, the challenge for us is looking at these IPOs and asking ourselves, is, is that business something that we want to invest in? Does it have that, I mentioned earlier, that competitive advantage element that we look for that we believe are strong characteristics to deliver the growth we're looking to put into the portfolio? However, many of the IPOs that we can see lining up to come are businesses that may may not offer those characteristics. I mean, there's there's a number of them that are being sold down and sold out of, and the banks are trying to move these things on. So our, our sense is now is a good time to take a look, but now is a very good time to be quite discerning mm. and be very strict on the criteria that you're actually looking to achieve to take advantage of in your portfolio. And for us, we're quite happy to back those companies that have demonstrable DNA in their, in, their, in their business that has that competitive advantage, whether it's an IPO or, or it's already listed. So um, the criteria that we're looking for doesn't change, but there is a lot of opportunity out there, that's for sure. One of the key themes for 2021 will probably be the vaccine rollout. Um, how are you positioning the portfolio, Gary, in anticipation of this? Great topical question. Um, so the, 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 the area here we're talking about is the, is the reopening trade. And um, for sure, um, we are positioning ourselves for the reopening trade and we're doing it both domestically and internationally. Um, there are absolutely sectors through no fault of their own that have had, you know, material blockages in them. Uh, travel, international students are two very obvious ones. And the way that we are playing reopening is, you know, we are, we are positioning capital into those sectors that we can see going from, you know, not very much activity to, to what we expect to be quite a lot of activity. For instance, in travel, we'd say there is probably quite a lot of pent-up demand. Um, but critically, you have a choice as a fund manager when you see um, sectors reopen. You, 
you can buy the worst business in the sector and it will offer you the most leverage to the upside. The problem with doing that, particularly in a COVID-driven downturn sector, is that everyone knows what brought the downturn about and what recovery looks like. And you're going to be the guy, if you buy that stock, holding on to that business because on the way out, it's still the worst business that you could have bought. So that's not our, our strategy. Our strategy is to buy those businesses that have um, made themselves better businesses through the downturn. Those businesses that were probably growing above sector average or were growing very strongly pre-COVID and through no fault of their own had the opportunity to continue that growth than either of them because the market sees these companies now as recovery plays. And our view is find companies that pre-COVID that were demonstrating those hallmarks of a structural grower, own them now, and the market will be surprised by how much market share they take in these sectors. Because if you think about that criteria that I introduced you to earlier, I said we looked to position capital into sectors that are undergoing you know, significant change. And if a COVID you know, damaged sectors recovery, that's really for us, there's significant market share up for grabs. So we want to find those companies uh, I'll give you an example like corporate travel management that are positioned in sectors that are going through change and they, they are very competitive. And we expect a business like that will take material market share on the way back up. And uh, we expect that the market will be surprised by just how mar much market share it takes and the profit pool it gets from doing so. Gary, as always, thanks for chatting to us. It's always great to speak to you and good luck in 2021. It's a pleasure. Anytime. Look forward to the next time.